You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And here we are, uh, recording on Cinco de Mayo. So uh, Our Revenge of the Fifth. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so, kind of, you know, I mean, I did see that California has pushed, you know, to actually make, you know, May the 4th a recognized holiday for May the 4th be with you. I mean, finally, California's doing at least one thing right. I mean, they're they're wrong about everything else, but... This is a something we can agree on. But since it is Cinco de Mayo, we we had to find a cigar with a little bit of uh, Mexican in it. Uh, so what are we smoking this week, Brad? So this week we are smoking um, the Camacho Imperial Stout, and um, I'm I'm kind of glad that we're doing this because to be honest with you, I'm sort of missing uh, you know the the beer thirties that we used to. Um, and this is kind of a throwback because anybody that's into beer will understand that this is aged using craft beer. Um, in fact, uh, Oscar Blues Brewery in Colorado, um, they uh, make the 1050 Stout, which is a beer that we talked about. And it's a, better than the 350 Stout, you yes. damn Lottenest monster. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I was kind of curious to uh, give this one a a try. And since it is Cinco de Mayo, um, this does support a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. So we get beer and cigars with a little bit of Mexican flair. Yeah, we may have to bring back the beer for 30 for the summer or like, you know, do one occasionally. Yeah, it's been so long since I've drank just a straight up beer. Yeah, so uh, Oscar Blues uh, was making an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels. So Camacho, you know, took those beer-soaked bourbon barrels and then aged some of their uh, original Corojo tobacco for six months and then added some Brazilian and Dominican uh, tobacco to the filler with a Honduran Corojo binder and, as Brad said, wrapped in this sweet, oily Mexican San Andreas wrapper. Yes. Um, And, I mean, this is good. I mean, you know, this, um, this cigar here is, you know, got some... Caramel, some oak, a um, little bit of leather and spice. Um, Everything nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's exactly, you know, the, the, the same notes that I want in a lot of my beers or my whiskey and my cigars. So, I mean, this is right up my alley. Um, it, it's like a, a beverage and dried tobacco format that you smoke. And my best um, explanation of uh, said cigar. So, um yeah, I mean, not the powerhouse that we typically smoke, but I would put this at a um, a medium, medium full. Um, yeah, especially from from Camacho, uh, you know, their uh, you know, some of their stuff tends to be a little bit uh, a little bit stronger, especially in their like master built series. But I don't know the the aging in the beer bedel- barrels is kind of. Yeah, you know, the strength may still be there, but it just really smooths out the flavor. It's not as as overpowering as some of the some of the stronger, especially with a San Andreas wrapper. Absolutely. Um, there was another company. Was it Perdomo that did the craft beer series cigars yeah, yeah, too? Yeah, I think so, so for you know, folks that are interesting and are interested in 
pairing beer with cigars like they actually did theirs um i think one was called the stout another one was yeah, they had a champagne specifically and, uh, uh uh formatted to pair with a particular style of of beer so if you're you know new to the game and you, you don't want to like i wonder if this pair you just go like this is like the idiot's guide like i want to drink a stout let me smoke the stout <laughs> I don't and, have to think um, about it. Let's see. Cigar City Brewing is another one. And we've actually, um, you know, I haven't tried a lot of their stuff, but um, I have tried the Maduro and paired that with a Maduro cigar. And, I mean, hey, like the name states, it works, and it works well. <laughs> um, you know, I've as, as summer and I've become more interactive at barbecues and, um, you know, break from my hibernation patterns, um, Talking to folks about cigars and pairings, you know, um, beer is often, you know, just viewed as beer. People don't understand that there's just as many varieties and styles as there are to wine or bourbon or cigars themselves. So, um, you know, engaging in conversations and, you know, interacting with folks and, you know, creating additional exposure to you know what we love and i mean you know it's the beer and cigars and a passion for nerdiness is what allowed this podcast to manifest and become itself yeah and especially i think here in the if you're around the north georgia coming area we got a a brewery opening up here in uh coming in the next couple of months the whatever no faux brewery uh bruco and you know that looks like they're designing that place to be a very where you can just come hang out. Oh yeah, have no, food you trucks and everything bring your, else. You know, bring your dogs. Let the dogs sit out on the patio as you, uh, you know, enjoy your your beverages and everything. Um, yeah, so definitely gonna be interested in checking that out once it uh, it gets opened up. Yeah, you know, but yeah, since I've been trying to diet, limiting beer intake, that's maybe what I have to have to you know break the fast on and, and go try them out. Especially because they said they gotta have a stout on their menu, and I'm always a sucker for a good stout. So. uh this week we're kind of well. I don't want to see the the end of an era because you know there's uh, all, and there's like twenty more movies in the works. It's kind of end of the beginning, <laughs> I guess. The end of one book and the start of another. We're talking about something that's a, ten, eleven years in the making. We have reached the Marvel Endgame. But as we'll get into, is the end really the end? Spoiler warnings ahead. If you oh, haven't yeah, we're seen the spoil film, the fuck yes. out of this because it's super complicated, and we're gonna have to go deep to discuss this one. <laughs> so you know, if you're gonna have to take on Thanos and, and fight off some Infinity Stones, uh, you should call in the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code Cigar Nerds for twenty percent off your order. You know, and they can go in any kind of liquid you want, either a beer, water, Gatorade, freaking. Hey, it's fifth of you know Cinco de Mayo. Drop some, drop some of that. Uh, the the lemon flavor and some margaritas or something and, they, uh, and party right. I was gonna say like I, I want to take that and drop it in some vodka and do like a strike force lemon drop uh, <laughs> shot. Hails yeah. Uh, and with that, we'll be right back. God, seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave. Became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. 
Game over, man. I mean, end game, yeah. <laughs> so here we gather again for another MCU update of sorts. Uh, we've not spoken about it since, uh, well, uh, Infinity War was the last kind of MCU check-in we did, and we've had three movies since then: uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Cap Marvel, and then Endgame, the movie we've been waiting for for the last, you know, eleven years. <laughs> Yeah, and um, I don't know. I mean, out of those, I mean, I I I still haven't watched Captain Marvel, um, but I don't feel like I I missed you know too much because I I knew of Captain Marvel a little bit from the comic books and stuff like that, and um, I don't know. I, I and that has been the question some people was like you know because it just came out like a month ago, so I mean hell it's. My mind might have been a month ago because it's still in theaters in some places alongside of uh, Avengers. And there's some people that are like, I haven't had time to watch Cap Marvel. Do I really need to see it to see Endgame? I'd say, I mean, I probably not really. I mean, no, it's, I mean, there, I, I, I think there were a couple of nods, you know, maybe, maybe some inside joke stuff that, you know, maybe I didn't get. But I mean, I, I knew enough about the, the gist. I mean, the, the thing is Captain Marvel is such a powerful character that, dude, she was only in the movie for, like, ten minutes. Yeah, that was the thing. There was this whole, like, you know, and we'll get into specifics, but, yeah, there was this, I mean, with the whole, like, Captain Marvel's coming out, everyone's like, this is going to, she's going to be instrumental in the defeating of, of Thanos, and then she was barely used in Endgame. I mean, she... But then again, like, I, I think back to the comics and, you know, the discussions I've had with people. And it's like, well, if they used her in the t- entirety because she is so powerful, Endgame would have just been over with. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, maybe. I mean, you know. Uh... And they... The thing about... Uh, the only thing you really miss by by not watching Captain Marvel is the fact that where has she been all this time? And that kind of shows like what that little freaking pager thing was. The fury had at the end of infinity war and also, you know, kind of where she's been. Cause at the end of that, she's like, you know, I was used by these alien motherfuckers. I'm going to go off and clean up the rest of the galaxy and kind of undo some of the shit I did while I was working with them. Call me if you need me, but they still kind of explain that in end game. Cause they're like, you know, are you coming back? And she's like, well, you know, there's a whole there's a whole bunch more planets in the universe that the exact same thing that happened on Earth is happening, but they don't have Avengers. So, like, I'm trying to clean, you know, help people out, you know, as much as I can everywhere else because you know, y'all have got this. You know, I'll be back if you need me. But, yeah, it was like I expected her to play a much bigger part in Endgame than she actually did. But then again, I'm kind of glad, too, because with Infinity War... When Thanos snapped, most it was most of the people who have joined the Avengers along the way that got dusted. And we were left kind of with our 
kind original of the core, core team, yes. team. And a lot of those people, you know, contracts were up. They've been doing this shit for, like we said, 11 years. They're tired. They want to do other things. So a lot of them are going to retire or get killed off, which we'll get into. So I think this movie was kind of like a goodbye to our original Avengers. You know, like the, the new guys, of course, are going to show back up and, you know, join for the final battle. But this one really spent a lot of time with our core group that we've may not got to spend that much time with in a while and, you know, give them a proper send off, I guess. I don't know. It was weird for me watching this, like, you know, seeing the star Wars trailers before this, and you know, <laughs> nothing is really dead. And then you get into Endgame, and nothing is really dead. And it's like, damn it, Disney, <laughs> like <laughs> nothing is ever really dead. It's all just got to be one giant reboot. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, of course, this one starts off, like, 22 days or something like that after Infinity War. And, you know, as, as we've seen in the trailers, you know, Tony's in a freaking spaceship that's running out of oxygen and everything else. And him and Gamora, or not Gamora, uh, Nebula are having a fun road trip, looks like. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I do got to say, like, I love the, you know paper football thing i mean you got such limited resources and (laughs) you know just trying to explain to you know this alien being why you would flick the paper at one another like you know (laughs) just it's like at at the end of it like you know it's the simple things in life i don't think i played paper football since elementary school yeah probably not (laughs) but you know, in my head, as that's going, I'm like, damn, do I remember how to make a paper football? Like, I used to make some mean paper footballs that had some good density oh, yeah. to them. So, I mean, you could, you know, it's you like could play muscle memory. I'm like, room. I still know how to make those. <laughs> it's like I haven't made one in, in forever. But, yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. Every time you get a receipt that's just the right uh, dimensions, you're like, I'm going to fill this up to a paper football. <laughs> no, you know what it is? It's the red line. Over here on the far right side of your notebook paper, that's <laughs> yep. the line you want to fold, and that'll give you the proper football dimensions. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, I wonder how many kids are seeing that, like, not having a clue what the hell. Like, what? People are flicking? You know? <laughs> what is this game? Yes. <laughs> oh. Like, I mean, I, I, you know, I work with people, you That's kind of like when kids went to see Captain Marvel that's set in the 90s. They're like, what the fuck's up, Blockbusters? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I work with people what's, that, what's you know, are, are, you know, in their, you know, early 20s. And, you know, just in the 10-year difference of their childhood and my childhood, and it's like so much is extinct. Like, yeah. you know, and they're like, man, you, you, you're you what, like 45? And it's like, really? No. <laughs> It's like, I've never heard of these things. Like, well, well, Welcome to my world. One of the kids found like an old Magic 8 ball and was like completely mesmerized by it. What is this? I mean, it tells the future. Like, why? I'm like, because we didn't have video games and tablets when I was your age. We played with a dumbass Magic 8 ball and asked it stupid questions. <laughs> and we were better people because of it. <laughs> we didn't have Google. We had to ask the Magic 8 ball. I mean, at least you had one. I could never quite convince my parents to fork out the money, so my Magic 8-Ball experience was I had to go to a retail store and actually shake the ball while it's still in the (laughs) box and turn it the right way just so I could, you know, see the message and be like, okay, all is right in the universe. Oh, 
speaking of all is right in the universe. Uh, yeah, the you know the freaking Endgame, like when they you know Captain Marvel shows up, rescues Tony, of course, and gets him back to Earth. And he still kind of blames Cap for everything too. I mean, there's like some you know moment of tension you know when there is him. He's like, you know, because he was not on Earth for the battle to, against Thanos. So he's like, you know, you weren't here. Like he was me and the kid went in the freaking uh, sorcerer that went off th- to to try to stop Thanos. And and you know where were you? Like you know, just kind of kind of blames him for like you know breaking up the Avengers and all the shit going wrong. But then again, you know, he's kind of a little bit uh, almost died, so I can understand him being a little. <laughs> I mean, a little emotional. bit, but I, you know, I mean, how much of it is guilt that you know? Yeah. Hey, I'm taking this kid under my wing, you know, to help him become an Avenger and teach him the ropes, and you know, he gets dusted in the process. Yeah, he, Tony very much had some like you know PTSD going on uh, after that, so, and especially when you know Cap and the survivors come up with a plan to to whack Thanos, but when they get there, he's like, shit, too late. I done snapped the stones out of existence. So, you know, you can't fix this. And Thor like slices his head off. He's like, told me to go for the head. This time I did. <laughs> so th- that brings me <laughs> that to dude, my... the thing too, when they were like fighting, like trying to get the glove off of Thanos and infinity war, I'm like, somebody cut his motherfucking hand off. That's the easiest option. And short enough, that's what Thor looks like. I'm like, why the fuck didn't y'all do this the first time? You might have been able to stop him from snapping if he I just mean, cut his damn you know, hand off. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. <laughs> but I mean, then again, like, I, I don't know. You know, I'm gonna. Is Thanos truly the biggest evil out there? You know, this is a question that I pose to several different people because, yes, you know, snapping. Half of all living things out of existence is, you know, a a bad thing, but he did it non-discriminately. Yeah. You know, and it was like, you people are consuming and consuming and consuming. You're never putting anything back for what you take. Yeah, even Cap has that moment where he's talking, because after they find out they can't undo it, you know, the story jumps ahead five years, and... You know, Natasha, Black Widow is still trying to kind of police the world and be an Avenger where Cap's kind of, you know, he's kind of taking over uh, uh, Falcon's role and he's running a, like a, looks like a self-help, you know, help group with people. And even he's like, hey, on the ride over here, I saw a bunch of whales in the channel. It's like, they hadn't been there in forever because of the, you know, pollution and everything else. And she's like, if you try to tell me this has a silver line, I'm going to throw a peanut butter sandwich at you. <laughs> but even Cap's like, you know, it's, well, it's, you know, there's some things that are, I guess, are kind of better. Well, if- I mean, you know, look at every, you know, I mean, there has been several mass extinctions, you know, throughout the universe, you know, whether it was dinosaurs or, you know, the, you know, I mean, what had to blow up to allow the earth to actually come and become a thing, you know, I mean... You gotta balance the scales occasionally. Now, you know, obviously those are universal forces. Those aren't just, you know, one guy at the snap of his finger with, you know, godlike powers trying to manipulate that role. But you know, like to go back and to say, hey, you know, 
things were this bad and this chaotic and you know are people really going to change are they going to remember are they going to do anything differently you know i mean um it really made me think back to you know major terror events that happened and i remember the sentiment and the way that people were days and months you know afterwards and there was so much unity and some you know people willing to come together to help one another and then fast forward you know 10 years or so <laughs> and it's back like, each other's throats again. it never happened you know politicians are playing their same games people are you know just as you know divisive and you know willing to label and judge and everything as they were before and you know um you know it just kind of really brought back that whole hey those who you know fail to learn from history are condemned to repeat it again yeah it's you know and if you go all the way back to the first avengers movie it took the death of colson to bring everybody together and you know it took death of half the world to bring everybody <laughs> together again but oh, if we but, I mean, back I'll, up I'll, to like the actual start of the movie, because Infinity War we were missing two Avengers, Ant Man and Hawkeye, and in Ant Man the Wasp we saw what happened to Ant Man. He was on house arrest and then went off on his little adventure and end up getting trapped in the quantum realm because while he was in the quantum realm trying to get some energy, you know, Hope and Hank Pym and everybody else got dusted and he was, you know stuck there but then i mean he the was movie, just chilling in the yeah, a-team van i mean pretty much a sweet ass van <laughs> yes. but uh in the start of this movie we get the where was hawkeye and he too chose to be on house arrest uh so he could be with his family and and kind of re-retired and he's like on the farm teaching his daughter how to shoot how to shoot a bow and arrow and his family's uh you know having a picnic and then he just kind of like turns away to like get something and turns back and his daughters are gone. And then he looks and like the rest of his family is gone and he's just there by himself trying to figure out what the hell's going on. I mean, that right there was one of those like, Oh shit moments. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I will say that if nothing else, I think that in game, you know, did the best out of, you know, the emotional roller coaster. I mean, there were, you know, Moments of laughter, sadness, anger. I mean, you know, this was probably the the first movie where I truly, you know, experienced a whole magnitude of emotions throughout yeah. this film. Yeah, because there's definitely some some funny parts. We'll get into that, but spe- specifically about Hawkeye, Hawkeye storyline in this too was was pretty emotional. I mean, how how would you you know the rest of the Avengers lost people, but no one really had family other than you know their friends and stuff they lost you know, hawkeye lost his whole family and and we seen what that did to him he kind of became the punisher i mean he was like you know yeah, why did quest for vengeance yeah because you know? he's like why did my family get dusted and then all these criminals and dirt bags get to live and he just like fuck that and just went on like a fucking worldwide killing spree just went straight punisher which was was pretty fucking awesome i mean and finally they caught up with him and Tokyo taking out the fucking Yakuza or whatever that was. But yeah, it was like, oh shit, straight up uh, fucking Hawkeye Punisher. I just expect to see a skull on his uh, chest. Yeah, if Frank probably Frank probably got dusted too. I mean, it should have been him and him and Castle running around. <laughs> that would have been badass if, if fucking showed up and he's like running with Castle. But I mean, that, that just goes to, 
you know, back to my original premise that, you know, it's just so non-discriminatory, you yep. know? I mean, you know, Thanos could have very well said, hey, you people are trying to oppose me, so I'm going to wipe out anybody that opposes me out of existence. But he didn't do that. He's like, you know, half. And, you know, leave it at that. I mean. Yeah, and it's, like I said, it's always interesting to have a bad guy who thinks he's he's the good guy. You know? <laughs> Which, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, does he really think that he's a good guy, though? I mean, you know, I, I don't really get that level of narcissism. You know, I mean, if I think if it was that case, he would have never have had the gall to destroy the stones after he did the thing. Yeah, because in his mind, what he did was, I mean, because he sacrificed his daughter to get the soul stone, and to him, it's like this is necessary. You know, either I wipe out half the galaxy, or the galaxy origin, you know, eventually wipes its entirety out. You know, I'm doing this you know, for everyone else's good. So half of y'all are gone. That's going to be enough for the you know world to grow stronger, and then I'm going to retire to my little farm planet and grow space mushrooms or whatever the hell he was doing out there. <laughs> And I'm going to make sure no one can undo what I've done because this is my my work and this is good for y'all, whether y'all like it or not. So, As he I, says, I am the inevitable or or whatever. I don't know. I mean, you know, there was just a, a lot there that, you know, it made me question. And, you know, that's that's one of the reasons why I love films like this. But at the same time, it gets expensive because the first time you watch it, you're like trying to just focus without analyzing, but you're analyzing, or at least <laughs> I am. So I'm like trying to play out these scenarios and, you know, things throughout my head. And it's like, wait a second, what just happened? <laughs> and, you know, so I ended up having to see, you know, these films like three or four times. It's like. Yeah, so far I've only watched the game once and I need to see it again just to like comprehend. Because, I mean, afterward, I probably set. For a good couple hours afterward, and was just like trying to make sense of it all. Because anything that involves time travel, like, gives me a headache trying to figure it out. And we'll get deeper into that in a, in a second. Because I think they did a good job of explaining their particular rules of time travel. But for a second here, let's talk about the real hero of Endgame. You know, uh, freaking Doctor Strange looked at 14 million whatever different outcomes, and only in one we won. If it hadn't been for the fucking rat that accidentally freed Scott from the from the quantum realm, <laughs> I'm saying there's only one reality where the rat, you know, has a degree in in physics and accidentally hits the right button to free Scott from the van. <laughs> you know, that was no rat though; it was Master Splinter. <laughs> I, I did say that in the theater. I was like, "Look, it's Master Splinter," and people's like, "Who?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, so it's that is the true hero of Endgame is the freaking rat. <laughs> but I mean, I, I I I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I I love these films because you know there's so many different fan theories and you know so many talented people out there that can you know actually create you know awesome um, you know short clips of hey, this is the way that you know. This could go in this universe and, you know, vice versa. And um, I don't know. I mean, the whole, no, Ant-Man's going to get, you know, in Thanos' butt and then get really (laughs) big and cause an implosion. And, you know, there was a team that actually made that happen and it was beautiful. (laughs) 
Yeah, the, uh, but then we get to the actual movie, and you know, like you said, he's kind of the true hero. <laughs> Thanks, little rat. Yeah, because I mean, it got to the point where even the Russo brothers had to like come out and say, "We are not putting Ant Man in Thanos's butthole," because <laughs> that was like the freaking uh, theory for months. Which pretty good theory. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely plausible. I mean, it could have worked. At the end of the day, you know, I mean, because I, I kind of thought it was funny, you know, when Ant Man shows up because nobody's seen him for like five years, and it's like, you know, me, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that gets really small but then really big, you know. <laughs> and Cap is like, "How old is this video? Like, this is live. This is the front gate. Like, what the? F-? Yeah, because when he first gets out, he's like, you know, he thinks he, to, as he explains later, it's been five hours for him, and it's been five years for everybody else. So he gets out, and he's like what the fuck's going on here? And like, he even see some kid riding a bike through like deserted neighborhood. He's like, kid, what the hell happened? The kid's just like, how the fuck? You know, just like looks at him like you're a dumbass and just rides off on his bike. And then he finally finds that, uh, memorial to the, to the dusted and starts reading the names, trying to find his daughter's name and then finds his own name. And it's like, what the fuck? And goes home and finds her. And she's, you know, grown up. She's like, you know, probably 15, 16 at this point, uh, or however old she was. But, yeah, it was like, you know, him coming out of out of that, and and it's like, what the fuck? But yeah, then he like shows up and with this whole, you know, story of like, hey, do y'all know anything about quantum physics? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I learned a little to like, you know, for parties. To <laughs> he's like, well, you know, time works differently in the quantum realm. I was there for five hours. Maybe we can figure out a way to navigate that. We can go back in time and and find us some infinity stones. But I. I'm smart, but I'm not that smart. We need a we need a bigger brain. So they go to find Tony, who's living in a sweet cabin in the woods by a lake, and he's like, you know, like I said, the rest of the surviving Avengers have tried to kind of maintain being Avengers. Where Tony's like, no, I'm trying. I'm, to I'm retired. Down yeah, I'm, and I'm gonna hold on to what I got. Me and Pepper had a kid. I'm just gonna live in the woods like a like a mad hermit. And but I mean, that's it. You know, I mean, yeah. I, the the conflicts there of if I go back into time, does that wipe out this new found, you know, happiness or this silver lining of a wife and a kid and a life that I never had? Yep. Does that, you know, go by the wayside if we do this? And, you know, um, yeah, cause I, I he's thought- like kind of the only one still left with anything to lose. You know, everyone else has kind of been stripped bare, but Tony actually found something in this this post-apocalyptic world and wants to hold on to it but at the same time they knew the right thing to to lure him back in they they gave him a, a science problem and he's like yeah if y'all don't talk di- talk shop y'all can stay for dinner but no i'm not helping you with this because it's suicidal but then that that thought just starts creeping in the back of his brain and he's like all right well let me let me look at this just for shits and giggles because this is a problem that i haven't solved so now i have to solve it just kind of like play on his OCD of like, I absolutely have to figure out this problem. And then he like figures it out, which one of the coming moment when he like actually like, you know, run it one more time. This isn't going to work. And then it fucking worked. He's like, Oh shit. And the daughter's like, shit. He's like, Hey, that's mommy's word. Well, why did you use it? Cause I'm dealing with some serious shit right here. kid. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) He's like, all right, I'll give you ice cream. Don't tell mom we said shit. (laughs) You're not to say that ever again. Oh, yes. So, you know, I got to say, like, 
you know, when they go to consult with Banner, yes, the the one character, the Bruce Hulk, that I felt would have you know a much greater presence, like you know, just from raw force and everything else, and dude, that was um, you know pretty awesome. Just hey, here's you know. Banner Hulk, you know, uh, yeah, it's like we don't Hulk have the mean, the mean guy anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird because he's like one that, like, kind of like Tony finding a family. He kind of finally found his purpose. He's like, I always thought of Hulk as like this disease, but then, you know, when I had to like, you know, step up and 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 fight without him, you know, we kind of kind of figured, you no, know, he makes me better and I make him better, so we blended. I get his strength and he gets my brain, and we're we've kind of come to a a partnership now, but he's like, and I'm wearing shirts <laughs> and he's like a celebrity. People are like, going to be like, can we get your photo? Yeah, kids. <laughs> Cause I, I love that. You know, where they're sitting in the, uh, the diner and the kids walk up and it's like, Hey, can we get a selfie? And you know, Ant-Man's like, Hey, I'm here too. You know me, I'm, I'm this guy. And they're like, who are you? <laughs> so it's like, no, 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 you should really take a selfie with him. He's an Avenger, and uh, he gets, you know, really small and really big. <laughs> you know, trying to play up his ego he's a like, little no, bit because he's been Stick your damn phone. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, I get that way when we go to public events, too. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, oh, it's the big guy. It's like, oh, you're the other guy. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> are uh, you just the tag-along? <laughs> Do you even do anything for this uh, this podcast? <laughs> I twist the knobs, <laughs> push the buttons. I twist the buttons and do the audio engineering. Uh, damn it! Uh, bring the jerky. <laughs> Which I did have somebody run, I run to the gas station that just saw that freaking uh, Reaper jerky video, and he's like, "You getting more Carolina Reaper?" I'm like, "No, nah, I'm good." <laughs> oh, we do. We have more. <laughs> oh, oh, but yeah, in the. Uh, the um, <laughs> yeah, cause I say anything where you deal with time travel in a movie always hurts my brain. And like the way they explain it, you know, Ant Man's like, we just can't talk to him. He's like, no, dumbass. He's like, anything you change in the past does not affect the future because our future, our present is not our future. So when we go back, all this stuff has already happened. So whatever we do back then just creates a multiverse. It doesn't affect what's already happened here. It's just another little offshoot. Yeah, which is... And he's like, so every time travel movie we've seen has lied to us? Like, fucking Back to the Future, uh, Hot Tub Time Machine? <laughs> They're all wrong? <laughs> and I love that, dude. Like, <laughs> just I the mean, reference of yes. Hot Tub Time Machine. I mean... You know, like I said, this movie did a great job of, you know, bringing you down and picking you back up <laughs> and, you know... Giving you a false sense of security that all's going to be okay, and then stripping that away. And... <laughs> yeah, because yeah, without that little scene explaining that no, what we do in the past just creates an offshoot will not affect what happens here. Dude, it would have been a, a that plugged a lot of the holes. Yes. Yeah, because I'm like, because the whole cause I'm like, all right, you know, Nebula shoots 2014 Nebula. Like, how is she still there? And you know, at the end. Uh, when Thanos gets dusted, all right, that was 2014 Thanos. How did like all the other stuff not like be fixed, but like, Oh no, like, so they've already established that, that, you know, whatever happens in the past just creates a, a branching, like alternate, you know, timeline for that moment. What happened here still happened here. Nothing we can do can stop that, which was kind of a, 
an interesting way to plug the confusing holes of time travel movies. Yeah, I mean, there were still some holes that, you know, I, I was left with that mainly the one in my heart. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, it, I think they did a great job because, um, you know, to me, it almost felt a little bit of a Doctor Who time travel thing, yeah. right? Where, yes, it's time travel. But it isn't so scientific and everything, because I'm with you. You know, you start toying with the timelines and this and that, and then my overactive, you know, yeah, I expect brain, things like, to change, like butterfly effect, change yes. in the future. But it was like, no, this is a set point. Whatever we do is just going to create an alternate universe. It's not going to, you know, change what happened to us. And and if you didn't get that from like the verbal explanation of like Hulk and Iron Man trying to explain it to Ant Man's dumbass. They went even farther to like have Hulk have that conversation with the ancient one. And she literally yes. drew it out for you. Like, here's the timeline. This right here is going to cause a, <laughs> a split in the timeline. And, and Bruce is like, yeah, but after we fix everything, we can come back and clean up all these, these fucking branches that we create doing this. And your timeline will be, will be safe. So it's like, yeah, I mean, they, they literally had to draw it out on screen for us people that were like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if, and if I mean, not, and, would... I, and I love that engagement too, you know, because uh, you know that's just brilliant. And and it's cool that the ancient one is the one that actually knows all things. And and you know, he shows up like, "Hey, I'm looking for uh, Doctor Strange." He's like, "Well, you're about five years too early." <laughs> He's doing surgery over on the east side. Like, you know, she knows what's you know yeah, coming what's... with with him and and, and everything else, which was kind of cool that she's like you know in on it all. But then the whole Tony Cap and Ant-Man trying to, at the end of uh, <laughs> the first Avengers movie, trying to get the uh, the Mind Stone and the Tesseract. <laughs> and he's like, they send Hulk to, you know, over to uh, Doctor Strange's place. And he's, he's like, you got to blend in. He's like, it's cliche, but okay. And like rips his shirt off. He's like, you may want to smash a few things on the way. And he's just like, ugh. Punches a car and like throws a bike. <laughs> uh, Hulk smash. Uh. <laughs> Fucking smart Hulk trying to be dumb Hulk was hilarious. And then that when Tony starts giving cap crap when they're when him and Ant Man are like watching the end of uh, Avengers where they uh, have taken down Loki and he's like, you know, Cap, these old uniforms really did nothing for your ass. He's like, why are you looking, Tony? And Ant Man's no, Cap, you got a nice ass. That's America's ass right there. <laughs> and then later when he fights himself. And he, because th- his earlier self thinks it's Loki, and he knocks him out, and he like sits there a minute, just looking at his ass, and he's like, "He's right, that is America's ass." <laughs> that yes. and the joke of him getting in the elevator with all the Shield agents that we later found out were Hydra agents trying to get the uh, the staff, and it looks exactly, it's the exact same people, and it looks almost like the elevator from Captain America: Winter Soldier, and you're a f- expecting a redo of that epic elevator fight, but Cap's smarter than that. And he just whispers and wit, uh, what is his name? Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, the, the head Hydra agent. He's like, hail Hydra. And he's like, Oh shit. And his hands. In the I was like, that was the greatest uh, little gag there. And he's like, he's like, Oh no, I, I got this. <laughs> hail Hydra. <laughs> and they're all just like, Holy shit. Captain America's Hydra. And that's kind of a, just a shout out to that fucking weird ass comic, uh, arc they did where they made Captain America Captain Hydra for a while. 
And I mean, I, I love some of these subtleties, you know, because you can still find the humor and everything in that without necessarily knowing the comic history. But <laughs> when you know it, and it's like, sweet little Easter egg. And know? Hulk having to take the stairs. <laughs> There's so many stairs! No more stairs! <laughs> Fucking accidentally but punches I mean, Tony. <laughs> you know, which was kind of crazy, because, I mean, it's Hulk, right? I mean, yeah. he could have went full Hulk. Hulk and just, you know, jumped over the railing, superhero landed, and, you know, been done with it. But no, I mean... Or hell, he could have just turned back into Banner and got on the damn elevator. <laughs> but he's like, Ugh. They're like, no, no, we're at capacity, man. Take the stairs. Obviously, they've never been to Dragon yeah. Con. It's like, so many stairs! <laughs> uh, and, and then uh, uh, freaking them having to go back to the 70s to, like, get an earlier version of the Tesseract and also... Steal some new pim particles, and you know, Cap running in, seeing Peggy for the first time, and you know him having a moment, and then Tony finally getting that conversation he got to have with his dad that he never got to have was also like, like I said, this movie is almost a just kind of a goodbye to our original our original heroes Which and I let love. them all have like I mean, some really you know, good emotional that, moments. You know that really, you know, I mean, we talk so much about the films. But, you know, those were great, you know, throwbacks to, you know, Miss Carter and the um, the other one that they did, um, you know, for Tony's uh, timeline and everything. What was that show? Uh, fuck. Uh, the, was Agent Carter and then... Uh... There was Agent Carter, but then I thought there was one, or maybe it was just that, you know, Tony's dad existed in the era of Agent Carter. <laughs> yeah. But... You know, but, and then, even then, when he gets in the car, like at, after him and Tony have that conversation, and it's the guy who played Jarvis and, and Agent Carter, just kind of like aged up a little bit, and it's like, he's like, who is that guy? He's like, I don't know, sir. <laughs> Looks like a good chap. <laughs> uh, and he's like, what's your name? Uh, Howard. Hey, my name too. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, uh, Howard Potts. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, are you high, son? <laughs> Oh yeah, that dude. They're like that one lady that like calls him out. There's like two guys here. I don't recognize them. One of them has a hippie beard. What kind of hippie beard? Like, and, like names two different bands or whatever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking Tony had a hippie beard. <laughs> but I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I, I love you know the the different arcs and the the explanations and you know the the throwbacks and subtleties to you know our agents of Shield or you know Miss Carter and you know. It's just kind of cool to see everything come. Oh, and then our other teams that are going to track down the intergalactic uh, uh, Infinity Stones. The fucking... When they go to find Thor, when Hulk and uh, Rocket go to find... And he's built a new Asgard, which is like some kind of lobster fishing Nova Scotian looking town. <laughs> and they see uh, see Valkyrie. And she's like, yeah, he's he's kind of been in a bad spot. And he go to he only comes down like to get uh, ref, you know refills. And there's like a a shit like a whole boatload of beer on the dock. <laughs> and they go to his house, and he's just sitting around drunk with uh with uh, freaking uh, the two guys from Thor Ragnarok playing Xbox, and <laughs> and he's gotten fat. And I'm like, hell yeah, I finally have the body of an Avenger. I've totally got to do Fat Thor for Dragon Con this year. <laughs> I mean, you've got the beard for it. It's coming back. So. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to like you know grow my hair out and dye it blonde. I can be uh I can be fat uh fucking uh, and they even calls him at one point. Uh, he's like, 
uh, uh, fucking uh, Lebowski. <laughs> He's just walking around, beer cut, and a freaking sweater on and stuff. He does look like... I mean, it straight up looked like... Which is funny. He's like, he's still got, like, the ripped arms, but then his big-ass beer cut. <laughs> and whether him and Rocket go back to uh, to uh, Thor the Dark World to get the uh, the ether from, uh, from... And he gets to have that moment with his mom, and, like, I fucked up. And she's like, you know, you're not supposed to be the king of Asgard. You need to be the best you... And then, like, he, he's like, wait a minute, one more thing. After we get, you know, after Rocket gets the thing, and he's like, holds his hand out, and he's, and he's like, why are you posing? And his mom's like, don't worry, sometimes it takes a minute. <laughs> and Mjolnir comes to his hand, and I'm like, I'm still worthy. <laughs> yes, yes. And she's like, eat a salad, son. <laughs> Just the continuous fat Thor jokes were, <laughs> were hilarious. I found them funny, but there were a lot of people that were genuinely uh, upset over because they wanted know. shirtless uh, Chris Hemsworth, and, oh, <laughs> and they got the dude. But Thor abides, and then and then Nebula and uh, War Machine watching Peter Quill's little like freaking dance sequence from the original Guardian of the Galaxy, <laughs> and that sequence is a whole lot more embarrassing when there's someone around to watch. And he's like. And this was your captain? Yes, he's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) He's the best idiot we've got. But then you get the whole thing of she's on the same neural networks and she's part machine as her past self. And Thor, Thor, uh, Thanos, finds out what's going on and past Thanos shows up to, to stop everything and sends evil Nebula to, uh, fuck it all up so we at least you know they get back you know they build a new infinity gauntlet hulk nearly burns his arm off snapping everybody back and then oh shit thanos is from the past is here to to snap it all again and blows up avengers hq and and we get like the epic i mean this battle was like on par with like the final battle of infinity war i mean it was just the sheer scale of it was like just massive. Well, I mean, you know, and I think they did a great job, um, you know, with the battle itself. I mean, you know, where, you know, all of a sudden you just see Dr. Strange and all the little spirals in the sky. And it's yeah, like, just that moment before that, where they're all fighting Thanos. And at one point Mjolnir like jump, like flies and like, you see it like land in captain's hand and Thor's like, I knew it. And then it just goes back to like, uh, uh, whatever uh, age of ultron see i was waiting you know when that happened i was waiting on loki to appear yeah. and, and the entire time you know cap you know that actually be loki and you know i was like oh because i'm i i don't know i mean i i don't remember loki getting snapped but maybe well no he, he got killed by thanos oh, that's uh, right. and at the start of infinity war he like snapped his neck or whatever but uh yeah, because it goes back to like uh, Age of Ultron, that point where they're all sitting around drinking and partying, and he Thor starts challenging everybody to pick up the hammer, and Cap goes to pick it up, and it wiggles a little bit, and you see Thor get nervous, and then Hap's like, "Oh yeah, I can't pick it up." He was totally faking; they didn't want to like you know give you know, it away, you know, fucking uh, hurt Thor's feelings or whatever. But when he you know, reaches out and grabs it, and Thor is like, "I know it," <laughs> and then they have the, when the big battle breaks out, and they're fighting at one point. Cap's got the axe, and Thor's like, no, no, wait, I've got the big one. You've got the little one. Oh, so they switch. <laughs> but yeah, that moment where like Thanos has like knocked everybody else down, like Tony's unconscious, Thor's you know been knocked the fuck out, 
And it's just Cap getting up one last time. He's like, I can do this all day. And you see, like, all the ships land and, like, just, you know, Thanos' entire army. And it's just Cap. And then the radio kicks on. He's like, Cap. And he's like, uh, Falcon? Is that you? He's like, yeah, on your left. And then, like you said, that, that portal opens up and freaking uh, Black Panther steps through. And I'm like, Wakanda forever, motherfucker. And then, like, all the other portals start and open up. And it's, like, fucking everybody. You're like, yes. oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just talking about that and remembering it, like, you know, is actually, like, legit giving me chills. Yeah, and like, Cap I mean, is just it like, was, Avengers Assemble, motherfuckers. <laughs> kind of crazy, like, you know, in, in my head, like, you know, I've always enjoyed superhero films and everything. But, you know, the way that these films have engrossed themselves yeah. and have become such a big part of helping bring pop culture to the mainstream. And, uh, I mean, it, it's and then awesome. You know, and then as he starts trying to like, you know, bomb the place, you know, Captain Marvel finally shows back up and like takes out the ship and joins yes. the fight. And then you get that, you know, the ladies of Avengers moment of them, like, you know, running interference, uh, for, uh, Spider-Man trying to get the, the gauntlet away from, and you know, there was a lot of, you know, people upset about that too, you know, and it's like, this is a cool moment. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't understand when it's okay to be politically correct and when it's not. So I, I don't know. It's, it's just weird. It's like damned if you do damned if you don't. Yeah. So you know what? I'm just going to try to be the best me that I can be. And if you don't <laughs> like it, then, you know, yeah, <laughs> I thought it was a, a cool moment, and you know, and Spider Man getting to uh, do. And he finally turned on the instant kill uh, mode. <laughs> yes. He finally got to use it, <laughs> and just starts fucking things up. I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> go get him, kid. <laughs> uh, but then he. Uh, the- remember us asking who Tom Holland was? <laughs> yeah, and yet here it is. You know, probably my favorite rendition of Spider Man live action. Yeah, I can't wait till you know the next Spider-Man movie comes out. You mean Endgame Part Two? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, let's take a minute and talk about the people we we lost this time around before we get into the the big one. But Scarlet Witch is uh, not Scarlet Witch is a uh, Black Widow's death when her and Hawkeye have to go after the Soul Stone and find out the truth of it that someone's going to have to be sacrificed, and they have that fight. He's like, No, I've I'm tainted, you know, I've turned into like a bad dude. It should be me. And she's like, no, like, you know, you have, you know, this is going to save your family. You know, it has to be me. And, and kind of forces him to allow her to make that sacrifice. I really didn't feel that loss as much as I felt some of the, cause I, well, I really assumed that it was going to get undone. Here's, here's the thing for me is I'm like, Black Widow hasn't come out yet. Like there's another movie in the works. Definitely going to be a, a so. Uh, I mean, you know, it's prequel like, now. Apparently, <laughs> it's like, how are you going to kill off somebody that has a movie coming out? You know, soon. Yeah. And it's like, it's like I said, it's probably going to be um, a, a prequel. Know, but yeah, I totally expected them to, since this was all time travel shit, that that wasn't going to be a permanent thing. And then we find out later, oh no, she's not coming back. Or <laughs> is it a permanent thing? Or because at least as we know it, as we see it in this film, she's done. We don't we don't know if they fix this I later guess, on. You know, but I totally expected this at the end her to be back, and well, she wasn't. So like, I really didn't. Her death wasn't as shocking as it probably should have been because I totally expected it to be undone by the end of the movie, and it wasn't. Neither was Gamora's really because 
I mean, there's past Gamora. They never showed whether she went back to her time or if she's fucking around in our time somewhere. Cause you know, at the end when the guardians are taken off, she's not with the guardians. It's Thor's joined the guardians now, as he says, the as guardians of the galaxy, which the next guardians of the galaxy movie is going to be interesting since they've added Thor to the, <laughs> the group. Well, I mean, you know, we talked about in guardians, you know, anytime you got Thor and rocket together, I mean, sweet. Dude, rabbit. <laughs> yes. I mean, they just, they're bantering back and forth and everything. I mean, it, you know, it's a, yeah, that's like the best little like buddy duo of <laughs> space rat. <laughs> but then we get the big, the big death, which that's one of the things we've kind of always debated because we knew Cap was leaving, we knew Iron Man was leaving, so we like, do they recast and let someone else play Tony Stark? No, they straight up gave my heroes <clears throat> heroes ending. And Which, yeah. you know, I got to say, I was um, I was actually surprised that they did it, you know, because yeah. I think Iron Man, you know, that was the precursor to everything that we're seeing now. And Iron Man is always, you know. He was there for the beginning and there yes, for the end. You know, so I, I was, that was one that I was like, oh shit, they actually did it. But that whole where he's struggling, trying to get the the glove away from Thanos and he looks over and sees Dr. Strange holding back the flood and he gives him that one, like, this is it. This is the one chance. And you know, when and I thought that was awesome yeah. because you know, it's like, I can't tell you. Yeah. He's otherwise... like, I can't tell you or it won't happen. And then when he gets that moment, he looks over and he's like, this is it. And like when, you know, Thanos knocks him away and he's like, you know, I'm inevitable and like snaps his finger and nothing happens. And I, I literally said in the theater, he goes, yeah, but he's fucking Iron Man. And he goes, he shows him that he's got all the stones. He's like, yeah, but I'm Iron Man. And, like, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> that was like the most boss move. And then, like I said, he dusted all of Thanos and his his uh, army. But, you know, the, the kickback of the power, you know, overwhelmed him. And then he gets that. Moment with, you know, saying goodbye to the kid and, you know, and him like, you know, you know Tom Holland, Spider-Man having his moment. And then, you know, Pepper, like, you know, it's all right. We got this. We're going to be okay. You can rest now. And oh, then that funeral scene, like, I mean, my wife was like, as soon as Stark went down, I mean, she was crying. And like, I was, I was holding on until you get to the funeral yes. and you get that moment where Happy, who's been, who has the most useless job in all of the Marvel universe because he's. Iron Man's bodyguard. Like it wasn't necessary after he became Iron Man, but Tony always kept him around. He was his, his best friend and shit. And he's trying to comfort, uh, Tony's daughter. And he's like, you hungry kid. And she's like, yeah, he's like, I want to, he's like, what do you want? I want hamburgers. And he'll just like, I'll get you all the hamburgers you want. That fucking, that's where I was like, Oh shit. I'm, somebody's, <laughs> I'm these damn, the these damn onion, Un <clears throat> onion peeling ninjas. I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, but it, and even him, he's like the creator of the MCU, and he directed like the first movie that started all this. So this is kind of a goodbye to him as well. I mean, he's like said he's the Russos have done a good job of kind of continuing this on. But like I said, it was he was the the guy there. Him and Robert Downey Jr. was the guy that started this decade long journey that we've all been been along for. So giving them both a kind of a goodbye moment was was pretty awesome. And to think that you know this all began and. Pinewood Atlanta studio and Fayette County, Georgia. <laughs> yeah. And then the, uh, the ATL wood is on the map. The little, uh, like float thing that released on Tony's Lake. And it had the, the heart from Iron Man one. This is proof that Tony Stark had a heart too. I'm like, Oh my God, that's just 
fucking just stab me in the heart again, Marvel. Just <laughs> damn onion cutting ninjas. <laughs> Old age making a soft. Yeah, I think so. Our film's <laughs> just doing a a better job. Like you know, it's not the cigar smoke in the air, folks. Yeah, I'm a little weepy. But even seeing that live in the theater too, when Tony died, I mean, it was a complete silence in oh, the yeah. theater. No, yeah, I mean, I it mean, was just one of those, you know, everybody was just like fucking just silent. Except you could hear, you know, people starting to starting to tear up. But yeah, I mean, it was just like dead silence for the next ten minutes at least. <laughs> and then we get you know Cap going back and and fixing everything. And then you know he doesn't show up when he's supposed to show up, and they turn around. He's sitting on a bench, as like an old man, and they're like, eh, "Where you been, Cap?" And he's like, "Yeah, I decided to get that life thing Tony keeps talking about." And he's like, "And he's like, did you have a good one?" He's like, "Yeah, I had a." And he's got the wedding ring too, and he's like, "You gonna tell me about that?" And he's like, "I'm not." <laughs> but that was the thing too. I was like, <clears throat> until they kind of explained how things that happened in the past don't affect the future. Basically, when he went back and fixed, returned the stones fixed everything he went back to at some point and created his own alternate reality and married Peggy and had a life as we see later them finally getting that that dance that he was promised and then like I said it didn't affect this timeline because he from because I saw an interview with uh, one of the Russo brothers kind of explaining the ending he's like yeah Cap once he finished everything he had to do went back and stayed in that reality with Peggy until at some point where he jumped back to be able to give, you know, Falcon the shield. So yeah, he, he didn't live out his life in, in our reality. You know, like I said, it created a alternate reality and he stayed there probably until Peggy passed away and then jumped back to where he was supposed to, to give them the shield. Hell that even gives us the opportunity of other like alternate reality. What if movies? Cause since I mean, that's the thing is I kind of want to take, you know, uh, we're getting close to the 50 minute mark, but you know, I want to take, you know, five or six minutes, you know, toward the end of this segment and talk about what if, yeah, you know, because I, did in this new reality with him back in the, probably the forties or fifties with Peggy, did he, since he knew what all was happening, did that reality, did he still become Captain America or did he just sit back and allow himself to be found in the ice and and just kind of laid low while you know other captain america did his thing or did he like you know stop hydra from taking over and stopped all these threats before they happened and made his reality uh did he become a hero again in his new reality or did he just you know fucking like that's somebody else's problem there's there's gonna be avengers i'm gonna sit here and be a happy married man and <laughs> live out my retirement or maybe because, you know, he doesn't pick up the shield or whatever. Maybe a lot of these other events never happen. You know, maybe there isn't this great opposing, you know, force to battle the bad guys. So, you know, the bad guys aren't as driven and have to come up with, you know, as menacing things. You know, they're able to just, you know, steal yeah, some drugs and uh, <laughs> sell some cocaine and, you know, just have some corrupt politicians. and Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if in his world, if there ever was an Avengers and if he was able to stay retired or did he pick up the shield occasionally? Because at some point he got a shield because his shield was destroyed in the battle. So somewhere in the past he picked up a, or had Howard make him another shield so he could come back and hand it off to, Bu uh, to not Bucky, uh, Falcon in that moment too, where he's like, pick it up. And he, and, 
you know, he looks because you know in the that was one thing is like when we discussed like what would happen if they retire, are they going to recast or you know just end those characters? And I'm like, well, there's there's not really precedence much in the comics for other Iron Men other than uh, you know freaking War Machine became Iron Man for a while, but you know Cap, Bucky's been Iron Man, Falcon's been Iron Man, so there's precedence for that in the comic book. And when he tells you know Falcon to pick up the shield, he looks over at Bucky and Bucky's like you know nods his head like you know yeah man do it. And he's like, feels like it's somebody else's. He's like, nope, it's nobody else's. Like, you know, this is your problem now. You're the, <laughs> you're going to be the new Captain America. So from passing the torch to passing the shield. And I like that moment too, when Tony gave him the shield back after he took it from him in civil war. And he's like, all right, if we're going to do this, I got it. You know, you got to have this. And he even tries to like play it off. He's like, you know, cause Cap's really touched by it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's taking up room in the garage. If I didn't get rid of it, the kid was going to start using it as a sled. So, you know, you should, your dad made it for you. you should Dude, have wouldn't it. that be, you know, just freaking awesome, you know, and like one of the openings, you know, like, you know, kid one of the innocent, toboggan. you know, so like, you know, we had the innocent, you know, family barbecue scene. Wouldn't it be awesome, you know, it pans out and you see Stark's kid sledding down a hill in Captain America's shield or something like. <laughs> oh, skipping it across the lake like a rock. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, as we kind of finish up this, you know, the Marvel has said they've got 20 more movies in the works all the way out to like 2028, but the really the only thing we know that has a set release date is is Spider-Man. I mean, you know, they I think they've just started filming Guardians 3, but who's our big bad guy now? I mean, we spent 11 years leading up to the final battle with Thanos. Do you have any theories of Who's going to be the big bad for, you know, phase four? I've heard some theories that since the soul stone is gone, that, you know, the red skull doesn't have to be the guardian of the stone. Do they bring the red skull back and him be the next, like a cosmically powered bad guy? Or, uh, <laughs> or do we just have a lot of little one-offs for a while and we don't really get any kind of Avengers level threat? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not really sure. I, you know, um, cause that's one, there, there was no post credit scene for this movie. So we, there's not any kind of clue of to where we're going next in all this. I mean, we know we're going somewhere, but so far Marvel's been very tight lipped about what's going to be the next, you know, end game, <laughs> so to speak. Well, I mean, even though we didn't really have the, you know, uh, traditional post-credit as marvel has trained us um you know there is that easter egg at the end of the credits where basically you just hear the sound of a hammer banging on metal and And some people said it sounds a lot like tony in the cave building the first iron man suit but don't know if that's just a shout out to where it all began or if that's kind of a signifier of something new to come. We don't, like I said, we really don't have any information and there's not been a whole lot of threats proposed that, uh, then again, they introduced the scrolls and stuff in the, uh, in the, uh, cat Marvel. Like I said, do they bring in secret wars or, well, I think, you know, we know we've got a, a guardians. So anytime you've got guardians, what do you got? Aliens. So I definitely think with, you know, Thor and Rocket teaming up for Guardians, we're going to see a lot more of the alien-type foes. We know we've got Spider-Man. 
Um, and they're introducing the whatever the elementals or something in the new Spider-Man movie, so there could be something with them being a much longer effect on the Marvel universe. Like I said, at this point, we really don't. I mean, we may get some but, clue as to where we're going once Spider-Man comes out, but because that's they're saying that's really the end of this phase. The everything after. I mean, I I, I really Spider-Man feel like you know. Four. Spider-Man, you know, kind of has to be the the closure and the set direction because, you know, with Tony's passing now, you know, is, you know, Spider-Man, you know, now just on insta-kill mode and has <laughs> his full pot- full powers and full potential, you know, or and we know- is there still a mentor-esque mm. figure? Well, we know there's uh, Nick Fury is in Spider-Man and you know, does, do they rebuild like kind of like a shield type or like, um, ultimate Spider-Man cartoon where shield builds up their own team of heroes with Spider-Man as, as the leader, you know, cause obviously, you know, do you, do you feel yeah, like obviously, obviously shield doesn't officially exist, but you know, as we saw at the end of infinity war, when, with, uh, with, uh, Nick Fury and, and uh, what's her name? They're taught. He's like, you know, call this person, talk to these people. Like they're obviously working for some kind of organization. Like, you know, Fury's built something. So <clears throat> does that, you know, kind of become the new Avengers? You know, like I said, it's I really don't, <laughs> don't know where we're going at this point. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's some theories out there that suggest that, you know, Nick Fury knew Thanos was coming all along. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I mean, you know, in my head, I, I think I would like to see some big screen adaptation of, you know, Spider-Man taking that lead role, um, you know, alongside shield and everything else. I mean, the TV series does it really good. Yeah. Um, but then also we've got, uh, I just don't know, like, Without seeing, you know, uh, this next Spider-Man film, what the direction, like, I, I, I don't know, in my, in my head, I kind of feel like it's going to be, you know, some one-offs. Yeah. And not necessarily the Avengers as <clears throat> we knew them. You know, we're just going to kind of, I guess, go back prior to Endgame mm-hmm. the way it was before we had, you know, Avengers and just... Hey, here's the characters, and this is what they're doing today. But I but mean, now with the there's such a large scale here acquiring of Fox and all the Fox properties, you know, are we going to start seeing the X Men coming into the MCU and maybe even a, some kind of old X Men bad guy being our next Thanos? You know, I've heard rumors of Doctor Doom being something that you know could. I mean, Doctor Doom. We got Galactus. You know, is another thing that they can now use uh, since they own. Fox. I mean, dude, if if they don't take the opportunity to give X Men the love that they've given the Avengers, I think that is a huge missed opportunity. Or there's even the series, the Avengers versus X Men. That's another one they could. I mean, that could kind of be the intro to uh, bringing the X Men into the MCU as some kind of you know, I, misunderstanding I, I think that, you know, battle with us, You know, down the line of what you were talking about earlier with you know. Shield and Shield having to deal with these mutants, and then you know finding out, hey, 
maybe all mutants aren't bad. And then, you know, we get, you know, a combination of S.H.I.E.L.D. with X-Men and, you know, start getting some more epic scale battles like what we've seen with Avengers. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's... Yeah, like I said, we know there's a shitload no more movies player. coming out, but we have no idea what any of them are beyond, you know, some more Spider-Man. Some, and, you know, we still got a couple of Doctor Strange movies come out. Does he introduce some kind of strange villain as the new big bad guy? It's like, you know, I guess we'll we'll see as time tells what our new, uh, <laughs> our new 10-year adventure is going to be. But, yeah, right now it's, like, still very hush-hush over at, uh, in Disney World. And, I mean, I, I got to say, like, as much publicity and trailers and everything else that, you know, Marvel does, how they're able to keep, you know, things as tightly lipped. I mean, they do a better job of it than our own fucking government. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't get to see, uh, it was probably a week before I got to see Endgame and I didn't catch any spoilers this whole time. It's like people, you know, people have been like, I mean, I mean, there's been shout some, out some, to the Facebook moderators and yeah. admins. I mean, there's know, been some and, attempts by trolls, I'm sure, but in every group I've been in, I've yet to like accidentally catch something before sitting down to. Which I will say, I purposely, you know, stayed away from. Yeah, I didn't read any news articles or anything yes, like that, but like, just in my regular feed or groups I'm in, I didn't see anybody giving anything away. Like, if if you were to say, "Hey, this episode that we're doing now was not going to be in game," I'd be like, "No, we're not doing any news because the typical places like just seeing titles <laughs> would give shit away and yeah. I don't want to go down that road." Yeah, so But then again, you know, I made it a point. I didn't see it opening night, but I did see it Sunday just because I was like people's going to come into the office on Monday, they're going to be talking about shit and oh, yeah. You know, I don't want to accidentally overhear part of a conversation. Yeah, because just about my entire office office had seen it. I just stayed in my my whole Monday, like did not leave my office Monday, and I worked from home like Tuesday and Wednesday. And I finally saw it Wednesday night, so I'm like, all right, now I'm safe to go back to the office. <laughs> I can interact with people again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was so bad. Even like uh, like Monday night at my martial arts dojo is like instructor night, where all the the and the instructors all skipped class and went to see Endgame instead of having <laughs> their instructor's class. So it was like, fucking everybody saw this movie. I mean, we, well, I mean we talk about box dude, office. I mean, and this know, made it, like over, I mean, at this point, as of doing my notes last night, it's at $1.9 billion. I mean, it made, I think, 1.2 opening weekend, which is set hundreds of box office records. It's like, I mean, it's made more money opening weekend than most films make in their entire run. I mean, I mean, some and I mean, Marvel has had billion dollar movies before, but that's like their entire run getting over a billion dollars. Where this made a billion dollars opening weekend, which is like just insane. Yeah, which I, I, I can't say that I'm, I'm not shocked at all. You know, yeah. um, what was this? The second highest grossing film of all time? Something like that. It's it's getting and that's like I said it's still very early, so it'll probably pass past you know I'm just, that before before it uh ends but yeah it's i think it's had the biggest opening weekend of any film ever and like all kind of other records it's set and it's definitely on track to be the number one movie of all time here shortly i'm trying to find a a new article that actually gives a because i think the first one will probably be gone with a wind no, I think that one's actually been has it been, been passed. Beaten? I I don't know. Apparently the the results are not 
Avengers Endgame passes Titanic to become second highest grossing. Well, tell me the first highest grossing. <laughs> um, the number one highest grossing film worldwide remains Avatar with two point eight billion. Oh yeah, we're already at like fucking two in like the second week. So <laughs> yeah, no doubt that's gonna gonna pass. So yeah, uh, I I I don't know. I mean. 11 years in the making. I mean, yeah, I mean, and and you know, it's it's kind of crazy, you know, because a part of me is like it's over, but it's not over. No, it's just like this is just the fa- as we know it it's over, but then now they're starting something new. And then also we we haven't talked about the and like I said we're over an hour now, so we're going to wrap it up here pretty shortly, but we haven't talked about the this movie was a 3-hour movie. And there wasn't once that I was like, all right, y'all need to hurry up and wrap this up. Like, how long have I been sitting no, there? No, see, and... Uh, I mean, know, there's some movies that are a freaking hour and a half, and I'm just like, all right, can we can we go ahead and skip to the end? I'm I'm, I'm tired of this. But like I said, there was know, never I, once where I was like, all right, like, let's move this along. <laughs> it did not feel like I was sitting there for, for three hours. I mean, I'll say, you know, when I went and saw the latest edition of uh, Pet Cemetery, you know... After about the 45 mark, I was ready to be wrapped up. Like, I mean, and, and not to necessarily say it was a bad movie or anything, but it was just like I'd already kind of figured out the premise and there wasn't anything, you know, that was like, oh, that was a twist. I didn't see it come it coming and re-engage me. Yeah. Um, whereas Endgame, like, you know, the, and, and just knowing the whole time travel thing, it's like, well, anything is possible, and what I think may be happening may not actually happen at all, yeah. or you know, whatever. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, I'm a fan of Lord of the Rings, so you know, I mean, people are making a big deal about a three-hour movie. Yeah, it's because you're all younglings and you know haven't set through <laughs> a you know freaking thing you know yeah, i watched people don't remember you know titanic you know or yeah hell, i've uh, watched some two-hour movies that were really good 45 minute movies <laughs> but like i said never once though i was like all right other than my kidneys cramping and my yeah trying to hold my bladder in was like there was never once where i was like i i feel like i've sat here for three hours i mean well, that was kept the other thing is, the you know, normally time. you know it's like okay i'm gonna get the large you know coke icy and stuff and i was like well, I'm going to get the large Coke IC, but I'm going to share it with the girlfriend, and I'm going to let her consume three quarters of it and just <laughs> limit myself to a couple of sips every now and then. That way, you know, we don't have any, you know... Oh, Go crap. sit in the sauna and dehydrate uh, so I can make it I, I, I will say that, you know, um, it, that was a trending article for quite a while on Google as to... Which scene and <laughs> endgame is you know the time to go, <laughs> and it's I I don't know I mean for me I would say you know yeah there's not a point anyone, that I wanted to walk away <laughs> I would, I would say my cup within if I had the, to. the the first hour to hour and ten minutes is relatively safe to take a pee break anything after especially the hour and a half mark when things really kick off you want to stay glued to that <laughs> screen. Yeah, there was never a point where I thought I was I was safe. I'm just like, nope, I'm just gonna like pee in my cup if I have to. But yeah, that was just how like I said it it good job. I mean it kept kept me glued the entire time. So with that, uh, any final thoughts on this here uh Imperial Stout cigar? 
Um, it, it's starting to pick up and spice a little bit. And the other thing, too, is um, I feel like it needs to age some because I am, you know, having to find myself, you know, relighting quite a bit more. Now, part of that, too, is I'm talking a lot more <laughs> instead of smoking, so maybe that has something to do with it. Um, uh, the, the caramel notes that I talked about have kind of... That seems to have subsided, and now it's, you know, more of the the leathery and spice. Um, yeah, definitely you know, picking up more of that of the, San Andreas pepper yes, now um, toward the end. You know, but at the beginning, there was more sweetness, I guess, coming from that, you know, caramel-esque flavor. Where, as now, this just seems to be a nice, you know, full-body, you know, smoke without, you know too much intensity of one flavor it's got a complexity that keeps my you know I, yeah it's very flavorful but it also has like a a story arc of flavor i mean it, it's not a consistent throughout it it's definitely got different notes and changes as it and, goes and that it's, was one of the things that i was it holds you know, your attention like in game holds your yes, attention um you know i was talking to a guy over the weekend you know about cigars and he's like hey me and my buddies you know smoke cigars occasionally he's like you know but normally I opt for a smaller cigar. He's like, you know, how do you prepare yourself when you know you're going to pick up a two-hour smoke? And I say, well, I look at something that is going to be varied in flavor. And, you know, most of the time I've smoked enough cigars that I know what changes over time. And that's what keeps your taste buds entertaining. He's like, you know, that's that's really cool. He's like, you know, when I think about cigars, I don't ever think about as you smoke the ever-evolving flavor. We smoke one cigar, and we smoke the same cigar, so it's always the same experience. So, you know, I was like, well, should meet me up at the shop, and <laughs> we'll, you shit. know. Yeah, um, that too. And, like, if I'm out and about doing something, you know, a, a smaller cigar, yeah, where I'm actively doing something so I don't have the time to concentrate on a long smoke. But if I'm going to smoke something that I know is going to take hour and a half, two hours, I like to be just chilling at a shop or or sitting on the couch watching a movie or, you know, doing as little as possible so that cigar can have my attention. You know, it's, you know, if it's a big cigar. It's not something I want to do while I'm sitting down working or, you know, something that I'm, my mind's not going to be focused on the cigar. You know, if, if I'm going to spend two hours, I'd like to, you know, give the cigar the proper respect it deserves and experience, you know, that smoke. I, I do want to give a shout out though. Um, you know, mainly because, before I really got into cigars, what I would go to was like the Acid Cuba Cuba. Well, I was at the shop today picking up the, the smoke, and they had in a single tube, it is acid now and later. And I was like, huh, that's weird. And you picked up the tube, and it's literally two, two tiny s- cigars. Small cigars in a single tube. And I'm like, man, that is perfect for somebody that, you know, only wants to have a 30 minute smoke and, you know, it's already in a tube and protected and everything, so you know, <laughs> slide one out, the other one's good to go, and you know, have that for a post dinner smoke or something. I was like, that is a brilliant, interesting concept. Yeah. Yes, I, I know nothing of the flavor profile or anything. Um, you know, I I don't smoke too many acids now, just because I've kind of you know stepped up and I prefer more natural tobaccos and that type of thing um but like my uh, cigars taste like cigars <laughs> well i mean before i knew what a cigar really yeah. was and, and i mean that was my gateway yeah acid and, is a good gateway cigar a lot of people that, that want something more 
sweeter or you know something more flavored you know that's because like I, the way you know, to get them in the first time i smoked a cigar i had no clue about varying tobaccos or flavors or anything else i mean i wasn't even a beer drinker at that time so i you know if somebody asked hey what do you like it's like I have no clue. I'm not prepared to answer the questions you're about to ask me. So, you know, I saw somebody smoking one and it's like, yeah, it's kind of sweet and, you know, desserty. And it's like, okay, well, let me try that. Hey, this isn't half bad. And then, you know, as my palate progressed and everything, so did my, you know, what I typically go for for a cigar. So, you know, I mean... I'm all the time just trying to keep my eye out on, hey, that's a cool concept. <laughs> yep. And with that, this is the end game of you know, the main segment. We'll be right back with some science. There's 14 million 604 ways where it goes wrong. The white play, if we got one chance to win, make room, I be going in, ayy, cause I'm a beast on a mic, Thanos on a mission, lyrics trying to get your mind stone like it's vision, kind of like Romanoff, hard guy with precision, when I get to going off the greatest shit you'll ever witness like, Tony Stark in the suit when I blast fast, I swear that you're invisible to me, you can ask tracks, I kept them all from flying overheads on my last tracks, so bitch, I don't think you got the stones to snap back, I'm past rap and I'm crossing the bifrost, it's getting me to another room, I'm looking to find gods, I'm trying to keep it low-key while pissing all of you guys off, playing with the eye of Agamotto, the time stops, I spit flame, I'm strange, I've been in a coming Control brains and saying I get in the tesseract. A new cage and trading hoodies with Method Man. Netflix canceling our shows when they bring it back. They can hate, but I never will ever get into me like I got an upgrade after blocking it. And technically, I'm more like the shit that should be made for the child that can absorb all of the negativity till it's bottled and let it double up inside until every head has been duplicated. Then we distributed to energy I can use to make the music. I refuse to let you win, and I will never quit like I'm the projection. It works from the Scarlet Witch, bitch. This is the end game. Go like a more with swords like a sensei. Or it's more like I'm bored with immense rage. And Bucky Barnes arm aiming at your chest plate. Hulk smash the track and it's on Kinda like Cap Fear to be sad when I'm gone Ebony Mom manipulating the whole scene Rest in peace Kirby Dick Cohen Stanley Yes, science! And welcome back, it's time for some science! You ready to learn some stuff like Banner Hulk and Ant-Man doing some time traveling i don't know man science. like we just got done recapping endgame and i got the pills all over again <laughs> yeah oh, that fucking movie's uh <laughs> brutal uh brutally good though i mean i got okay we're, we're done with that segment I can't speaking of about brutal <laughs> uh you know we're we're fans of some metal and we usually talk about skynet trying to destroy us but occasionally Skynet does something cool, and now we have death metal robots. Are they from Norway? <laughs> no, but uh, uh, machine learning engineers CJ Carr and Zach Zakowski have put together an AI bot, uh, an AI band called DataBots, which is funny because it's DadaBots, D A D A. I love it. <laughs> But the yeah. most least death metal name that you could think of <laughs> until they put it in that crazy death metal font that's all droopy and you're like, yeah. what the hell does that even say? Well, this, uh, this band uh, Im imitates the sounds of black metal, death metal, and many other genres using artificial intelligence tools. You know, it's something that they started, and they, apparently they've released an, a number of albums since 2012, uh, 
from you know kind of covering a whole bunch of genres from skate punk to black black metal but their latest project called relentless doppelganger they've basically created a live stream that plays like an endless endless symphony of ai generated death metal 24 hours of day and <clears throat> i mean basically it, do they just kind of you know input like examples of of metal and let this ai program kind of mix and match its own songs and just created like yeah, I said if you want something to to listen to while you're at uh <laughs> while you're at work and need some metal like i said it's just kind of a randomly generated ai death metal songs <laughs> so it's a way to remix metal without humans yeah i mean freaking ai is replacing everybody and now it's about to start uh, replacing our Finnish metal bands. That's brutal. Yeah, now we need Leo. I to... never saw that in a Metalocalypse <laughs> episode. Leo to cover uh, a fucking <laughs> data bots. Or the data bots start covering Leo. <laughs> I mean, we we we've already fans of like at least one uh, robot metal band. Uh, you know, freaking Cybertronic Spree. You know, do we get a a, a, t- a tour with a uh, Cybertronic Spree and uh, data bots? <laughs> Go ahead, lighting. Oh my god. Transformer burst burst data bots. <laughs> the world tour. I can see it now. Yeah, and I I actually played this uh you know the stream for a little while and it's I mean sometimes this is kinda weird, but then other times it'll hit a riff and you're so like I was Oh gonna, shit, this sounds pretty cool. <laughs> I was gonna ask, like, does it just, you know, take guitar riffs and vocals from different songs and just, you know, try to create its own thing using samples of those sounds or does it actually create its own unique stuff? I mean, it's kind of like its own unique stuff, but they've input, you know, I guess examples of, of death metal and from uh specifically, I said they use a lot of a, a Canadian metal band as kind of like the template for, Hey, this is what it should sound like. So does it sound like a real song or does it, is it- does it sound like stuff is just all pieced together, or does it does it vary? It kind of varies. It's like you know, it they they said you know it kind of um, you know has like a, it says whatever. So while we set out to achieve realistic recreations of original data, we were delighted by the aesthetic merit of its imperfections. Solo vocalists become a lush choir of ghostly voices. Rock bands become crunchy. Cubist jazz and a crossbreed of multiple recordings become a surrealist cinema of sound. <laughs> but yeah, it's like basically, you know, just kind of taken, uh, yeah, as I said, a lot of the input was uh, generated by from a uh, Canadian metal band called Archspire. And, you know, the neural network is essentially trying to imitate the sound of, of that style of music, but it's kind of, you know, come up with its own versions and outputs and like i said the parts i listened to didn't really have any, any vocals it was just like just kind of like a mix of you know just guitar riffs and and drums and stuff but it like you know and sometimes it just sounds like freaking gibberish but the other times it's like oh shit this could literally be you know some new An metal band I've, <laughs> i haven't heard okay. and you know there's you know g- there'll be links to it in our our show notes where you can get to their 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 live stream and also uh you know their the databots website for if you want to download any of their you know albums they've put together yay for databots <laughs> <laughs> but as long as we're uh talking drones uh there has a, a donor organ has been delivered by a drone for the first time 
So now, you know, if Amazon's you not know what, that's that's packages. actually pretty cool because I've heard, you know, multiple times, you know, trying to transport organs that, you know, have to be kept at specific temperatures and you're on a time crunch and you get jammed up in a freeway, you know, accident or something like that and you know, whereas, hey, you can take to the skies and limit the... Yeah, and just now, make it I wonder if the direct path. You know, the drones, yes, it is a direct path, but I wonder if they have the, the airspeed, you know, like, hey, I need this drone to travel 20 miles, you know. If the drone travels at 20 miles an hour versus a car that can drive, you know, 80, you know. Um, yeah, the... I mean, this kind of was kind of a, a test run uh, by the University of Maryland uh, Medical Center, and like you're saying, there's there's a time limit on how long a donated organ is viable. Where you're dealing with something like heart and lungs, it's like four to six hours. Stuff like kidneys can, you know, those can be out of the body for like you know up to forty eight hours. But still, you know, people that are too far away from a hospital when once these things, you know, become available, or like I said, you're you're dependent on problems with airlines or, you know, accidents on the road where this can kind of avoid all that. But these, this special, uh, this special, uh, drone, which features eight rotors, uh, giving it excellent stability is equipped with a system they're calling the human organ monitoring and quality assurance apparatus for long distance travel that measures and maintains temperature, barometric pressure, altitude, vibration, locate and location, and ensures the organ remains in perfect condition while transmitting all relevant data to the waiting surgeon's smartphone. So it's like Uber for lungs and hearts and whatnot. <laughs> but, I mean, that's awesome until, you know, the people on the black market get a hold of their drone capturing necks and like, ah, we just got more organs for the black market. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a it's an interesting uh, but possible I mean, use I, of the technology. No, I, I like it, though. I mean, you know, the... So I guess in this study, you know, here the drone had traveled three miles away, huh? Yeah, it was like I said, it was kind of a short test flight, but you know, still, it's kind of it's a definitely a proof of concept that you know can potentially save lives and make it easier for people to get uh, organs in the you know the correct amount of time. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> I've heard you know stories of you know police officers, you know just putting the cooler in the back of the car and, you know, trying to haul ass and stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, much safer, um, you know, not only for the organ and the person, you know, anticipating that transplant, but, you know, if you know you're against a clock, you know, you're like, may not be thinking safety. So, you know, if we can prevent an officer from getting in an accident or some dumb idiot not paying attention to the flashing lights and blaring sirens, you know, blindsiding someone uh, by all means. Yep. And speaking of, of medical, new medical technology, uh, the most venomous uh, animal on the planet is actually the Australian box jellyfish, which is known to, you know, cause... Uh, death, severe pain, neurotic tissues, and a lot of people just drown from the amount of pain they're in when they're, you know, hit by one of these. Well, scientists have recently published a study in the, in nature's communication. They have actually just finally discovered an antidote to the, the venom of the box jellyfish. 
You know, those unlucky enough to get stung suffer excruciating pain, skin necrosis, and sometimes even cardiac arrest and death just minutes after an encounter. So, but yeah, scientists. Yeah, and I've I've seen this. Like, I mean the the way that the tentacles sting and everything else. It's almost like you know you've seen people get struck by lightning that have you know burnt skin and the the pattern of the electricity. Whereas this here, like. Almost everywhere a tentacle touch is like another line or scar or something. Yeah, and basically they kind of discovered this by accident because they were looking at how the venom works and try to how to understand how it causes pain. And using uh, CRISPR genome editing techniques, they were able to identify how the venom actually kills human cells and how it like enters the body. And they turns out there was already a drug that affects that pathway. So. This, uh, you know, drug actually blocks the, the venom from, you know, entering the, the cells and, and killing human tissue. And they've had successful tests on human tissue in labs and also using the antidote on, on mice and found it could block the tissue scarring and pain related to the jellyfish stings. And said right now it's, it's you know, they're, if this can be given to someone within like a couple hours of exposure... Uh, it will, um, or actually, no. Uh, it needs to be applied within 15 minutes of being stung. Uh, but they're, you know, trying to develop this into something that can be basically like a spray-on thing that can be kept, you know, by emergency responders or at like you know beaches and whatnot or people that are in these areas and can be part of their their med kits that they they, you know. So keep if you're going to swim in Australia. You're gonna to want to not only pack your sunscreen, but yeah, you your, your, you know, <laughs> your jellyfish, jellyfish uh, and skin venom. spray. Yes. <laughs> or then you hell, you know, listen, they're saying this is gonna be so like a I, topical I, spray. You could probably almost put it on like sunscreen when I you're guess the, getting the, in the water. The old theory of oh, you should just urinate on it. Um, you know, that probably. works for regular jellyfishes, <laughs> but it's not gonna save you if you get unlucky enough to get uh, hit by a box jellyfish. Which are crazy, man, because I've seen like. Man, their their tentacles are like ten feet long. Like, yeah. and I mean, almost translucent, and and that's the one thing that's raising it so venomous because it wants to quickly kill its prey before it has a chance to like thrash and damage the you know delicate uh, <laughs> body of the the jellyfish. Yeah, jellyfish is not something to to fuck with. But I've ate a jellyfish one time. I think I may have shared this story, <laughs> but it um. It was not at all the texture that you would think. Huh. You, I mean, you see jellyfish and they're floating all yeah. wavy-like and everything. You'd think it would be gelatinous. But no, they're extremely chewy. Like huh. a yeah, little, they look like a big ball of snot. A one-inch square. And like literally, you got to chew it for five minutes to like get it to a digestible bite. Wow. But I mean, it tastes good. But I mean, you're going to walk away with like, damn, my jaws are hurting. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... You know, if your if your jaws stop working, uh, the University of California and San Francisco uh, have actually discovered a way to recreate human speech for people who have lost the ability to talk using a a new uh, computer program. Uh, basically, like the previous technology, like stuff that you like use were used by Stephen Hawking's. People basically had to spell out their thoughts letter by letter, letter using a small muscular movements to control an interface. Like I said, you always had thing with Hawking's with a thing in his mouth, using it to, to speak. And up until this point, the research had been going to people trying to detect linguistic 
patterns of your thoughts to rec- and have a computer read them out loud, which turns out has not been very effective. And they've not been able to to recreate that because basically it turns out that your brain doesn't actually form sounds and you know words when it's thinking about speech. So uh, they kind of discovered a new technique where instead of trying to read your thoughts, it basically you're, the way your brain creates speech is it can tr- thinks about the movements of the muscles of your mouth and your voice box. So now they've figured out a way to, instead of, you know, focusing on, you know, the actual words in your brains, they've decoded the brain activity that controls the movements of the mouth and the voice box. So it can read those signals that would normally control the muscles that would create speech and translate that into something that a synthetic voice box can use. Yeah, there's actually a um, local news reporter, Jamie Dupree, and he suffered a neurological condition that basically his brain lost the function on tongue movement for him to actually be able to form um, words. So he teamed up with a a group that, you know, he's been a newscaster for 30 years, and they took samples from all kinds of different newscasts and stuff, and, you know, I've now created a way for him to utilize a computerized voice using, you know, those samples and everything. So it kind of sounds like a, a little bit of a similar technology being used here. Yeah, the... Uh... Yeah, when speech-related brain activity patterns are fed into the simulator, it synthesizes the same sounds that would be produced by a person's actual voice anatomy. And they're saying they still have a a long way to go uh, to make it like perfectly mimic human speech. It's say so far it's quite good at synthesizing slower speech sounds like you know SHs and Zs, as well as maintaining the rhythms and intonations of speech. But you know. Uh, when they get to more abrupt sounds like B's and P's, it gets a little fuzzy. So it's not perfect yet, but they're making They've made a huge step forward in making this a viable thing for people who are suffering from some kind of speech disability. And with that, I'm about done speeching myself. So we'll be <laughs> right back. Hey, it's Sean from the soul forge podcast. Join me and the gang as we guide you through the adventures of living topics include sex, loss, joy, and stupid things we've done for love. It's life, the universe, and everything. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the ESO Network, SoulForgePodcast.com, and everywhere else you find podcasts. The SoulForge Podcast. Let's find out together. And now it's time for all things nerdy in the nerd And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. All right, for this rendition of news, um, you know, we just got done talking about Endgame. And uh, we're going to pick right back up uh, with some more Disney Marvel news and, um, you know, say goodbye to the great Peter Mayhew. Um, you know, we did have a, a chance a couple of years ago to sit through Dragon Con and, you know, check out Peter Mayhew's panel and everything. And one thing I did not realize is how big of a guy he really was. Yeah, he's a giant of a man. <laughs> like, I mean, his hand is like the size of your face and yeah. you don't have a small head. So No, not at all. 
yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad we got a chance to to uh, see Peter in a, in real life since uh, before he passed. But yeah, it's uh, it's like we're losing all our heroes, uh, and yeah, now it's like especially even like our Star Wars heroes. It's like Chewie's gone, uh, Princess Leia's gone, and even R two D two has has passed away. So it's kind of a, a sad day in nerd culture. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, such an iconic role. I mean, even people that aren't into Star Wars and everything know the character. They may not necessarily know the man behind it, but, you know, if you, you know, you can't say the word Chewbacca without somebody, you know, roaring in the background. (laughs) Exactly. You know, (laughs) so um, I I saw a thing where he was scheduled to be at a, um, a convention and... Um, instead what they did is for his fan table, set up basically a memorial for fans to write letters and stuff like that. And, um, I, I thought that was a cool send off. I mean, you know, unfortunately in real life, we don't just time travel back. Um, so, you know, definitely, definitely sad news there. Um, but you know, I mean. For somebody to be able to take a a unspoken character and you know make and, you yeah you know I mean just the the interactions and everything else of Chewie it's almost like he doesn't need to speak and yeah I mean, that's you never, just never spoke a word in English but you too. never had any trouble understanding what the hell he was trying to communicate and just being able to add uh, emotion to you know. A, just a big furry creature <laughs> and that yeah which you know like i said he's become you know probably people's some people's most you know favorite star wars you know characters i mean it just takes a lot to add so much humanity to to that to a character then quite get easy quite easily get lost in the suit yes absolutely and i, I mean I don't know. I mean, we kind of talked about the same thing with Vin Diesel and voicing Groot, right? Like, yeah. you know, where just one word, but, you know, the, the inflections and everything else. I mean, you know, just a, a whole nother level of talent. So, anyway, wanted to share that bit of news. Um, moving along here. Uh, Sam Raimi is directing a film called Crawl. Um this has not popped up on my radar until today. Alligator jaws. Um, you know, but <laughs> I got to think about Evil Dead. I got to think about, you know, The Hills Have Eyes. And now here it is, a disaster film with a giant ass alligator apparently, you know, munching <laughs> down on people. I mean, oh, if, if Florida doesn't have hard enough. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, just looking at the trailer, it looks like, you know, basically a Category 5 storm is headed toward Florida. Not at all unplausible. And, you know, basically, you know, the state starts issuing evacuation orders. And I guess, um, you know, just l- looking here, um, this alligator, you know, um, I, I'm not sure if it's like a supernatural alligator or if it's just a <laughs> something large alligator. Some government but, lab somewhere. I mean, you know, at the same time, like if your house is flooded and everything else, that's bad enough. The last thing you want is an alligator to come creeping through your window and be inside the flooded house with you. I mean, because, it's Florida. That's that's like yes. everyday life. Uh, <laughs> But to make it a big ass jaws jaws esque alligator is even <laughs> even worse. 
So um, this is set to come out on July of 2019. Um, I'm a fan of disaster movies. I'm a fan of animals trying to eat people movies. I'm going to have to go check it out because... Yeah, I mean, sharks have been the king for so long. I mean, it's it's you're, now we're, we got to worry about alligators. It's it's bringing it to a a, a new genre. So now does this inspire Gator NATO or, or something? <laughs> Who knows? We better trademark that. Yeah. Or you know, Gator Typhoon or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you got to make it different. A parody of the parody. <laughs> yes. Um, speaking of parodies, um. So a, a trailer debuted for a live-action Sonic the Hedgehog film, <laughs> um, which I got to say, I watched, and I didn't immediately hate it. I mean, you know, it was blue. It was hedgehog-like. In a world where... It had the red Converse shoes. Detective Pikachu is about to come out. I mean, how... Yeah, it's not you that far of a stretch. Deadpool. Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> It'll be so weird with Ryan Reynolds, because... I'm never going to get the voice of Deadpool. You know, yeah. it's, it's always going to be Chica Pool. Yeah. Holy Chica-pool. shit, that's my new cosplay idea. Pika Pool. Pika Pika. Deadpool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but yeah, there was apparently a huge backlash from the internet saying the the character design was shit. <laughs> it kind of looked like a weird furry. Well, I mean, how how do you really do a, you know, I mean, I grew up playing Sega. I, you know, recently revisited Sonic the Hedgehog. And I mean, to do a live action Sonic and, you know, that, that animation style and everything. Like, I, I think the thing that creeps me out is the teeth and the anime style eyes. <laughs> I mean, but the rest of it, I mean, how do you do a, a life-size hedgehog without utilizing a real hedgehog? Yeah. Because, I mean, they tried to make it, like, you know, more human-looking, which made it creepier, apparently. <laughs> and the internet revolted. So much so that now that the the directors and studios have come out and say, sorry about that, we're going to try again. <laughs> So, um, you know, hashtag Sonic Move, hashtag gotta fix it fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the animation from the, the Pokemon movie, I mean, they made them look like Pokemon where this... But, I mean, even then, like, weird. I will tell you that seeing the live action, you know, Pikachu thing, I mean, that to me kind of looks odd. I mean, coming from, which I guess... For me, and so many of these live-action films, you know, growing up with a hand-drawn animation versus the digitized animation, you know, it, it doesn't feel the same to me. I like, mean, it's like I saw the trailer for The Lion King, and just seeing realistic-looking animals sing the Disney songs just was weird. <laughs> I think they, they may have gone too far with the Disney uh, live action films. I mean, the beauty and the beast and some of the other ones where there was actual human characters. Yes. Those are great ideas for a live action film, but ones where it's all animals trying to live action. That is just weird. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think they're trying to piggyback off of, you know, I, 
for me, I, I feel like a lot of this is due to the success of like films like Shrek and that type of thing. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like in a world where I don't see actual lions and stuff, but in a I've, world, <laughs> in a world where we try to make live things do animated things, um, it, it just. Yeah, it just it sits weird. a little bit odd to me. Definitely kind of hitting that uncanny valley where it's like this is anim- this is just a little too realistic and just makes it odd. <laughs> I mean, it, it would almost be like doing live action Yogi the Bear. Yeah, hey boo boo, <laughs> gotta pick a nick a basket. So yeah, I uh, you know, I, I I guess to you know the folks that did not like the Sonic. Um, but I gotta say the Jim Carrey, that looked cool. Yes. <laughs> the Doctor Robotnik Jim Carrey was all right. I'm like, all right, that looks pretty but cool. They needed to give him the Thor belly. <laughs> I've seen other complaints where it's like, how can you not cast Danny, DeVito, Danny DeVito in that role? <laughs> That's perfect. It's like the perfect proportions to play. A robot. Yes. So I I don't know. You know, I wonder if we're gonna get to see you know Tells and you know the the other. <laughs> folks of the sonic universe in this film and maybe like all right we'll give them the blue guy see how they react oh they hated the blue guy quick back to the design board for everything redo everyone (laughs) so i i don't know um another film that i am really looking forward to is godzilla king of the monsters yeah and um, I've been a Godzilla fan. I grew up with, you know, the the VHSs and I've gone back and, you know, watched a lot of the older 1954, um, you know, Japan nuclear era all the way up until, you know, the, the more recent films. Um, but, you know, I've always enjoyed, you know, I mean, it, it it's kind of crazy because... It's one of those things that I, I love to watch, like the 1950s, then fast forward to Godzilla 1984, um, even though in America it's called Godzilla 1985, <laughs> and then, you know, fast forward to like the... Oh, that horrible 90, Godzilla 2000. No, no <laughs> see, I, I, I stop before we get into any of the 2000s. Um, I don't go past anything, I think, 96-ish. Yeah. Um... And I do that because if you watch them, not only the stories and the things that they're, you know, portraying um, and, you know, the symbolisms, but you can see the way practical effects have evolved. And, you know, you can, hey, this is sort of cheesy, but somebody's got to start somewhere all the way up until... Holy crap, the destruction and large scale, you know, it, it, it's like. And I think probably the biggest complaint of the last Godzilla film, which I enjoyed, was people were like, what enough Godzilla? This is a story of a couple dudes, and, you know, like, you know, followed the army guy through the whole thing, and very much the Godzilla action was in the background. But it's kind of like from this new trailer, it's like, oh, y'all want more Godzilla? Here, we're going to give you Godzilla and a whole bunch of other monsters. And that's the thing is, you know, I mean, you know, here we've got Gajora, we got, you know, Mothra, we've got Rodan. I mean, you know, we've got, you know, the, a lot of the epic creatures that anybody that's a fan 
will appreciate. Um, yeah, this this looks like it's going to be a badass movie. Yeah, I, and I mean, I gotta say, like, I was a big fan of Kong. Um, you know, I I thought they did a a phenomenal job with it, and you know, here we are, the second set, you know, the second film into the the monster verse, and um, which I still need to see Skull Island. I have yet to sit down and watch that. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I thought it was good. I mean, the way that they did the the movie and portrayed it you know that's the thing about godzilla is over the years like you see him in different lights you know sometimes he's there to assist humanity other times he is the destruction of humanity and i mean he is the epitome of nuclear war so you know it kind of makes sense that hey this could go either way um but I don't know. I mean, the, the battle scenes, I think, are just going to be absolutely epic, you know, given the advancements in cinematography and special effects and everything. Monster and, Avengers Assemble. <laughs> although I will be think it'll be funny, though, if there's a guy that runs around in a rubber Godzilla suit at some point. Yes. I mean, You're kind of like the weird, like there's always those people in uh, California that dress up as the movie people in front of the Chinese theater, they seem to have a Godzilla like cosplayer running around. I mean, I think that's the whole reason they put that, uh, one guy in the last Godzilla movie, the one Japanese guy, just cause someone could say Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> it's like his only purpose for being there. <laughs> it's like, we got too many white guys in this movie. We need one Chinese guy, to, a Japanese guy to say God, Godzilla. <laughs> yes. Hokiato. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's fast forward, talk a little bit about some upcoming video game news, um, specifically uh, the PS5, or what? whatever it's going to be called. We're not sure. I mean, PS4 has been around for a while now. I mean, you know, I, in fact, I still rock an Xbox 360 exclusively for, you know, streaming Netflix and YouTube and that type of thing, but, um, you know, I... I I'm starting to see that the the PS4 is starting to reach the end of its life cycle. You know, not saying that it's crashed, but, you know, if I look at the advancements in PC gaming and stuff, it's like, okay, you know, definitely do for some, you know, new hardware. Um, so as of right now, we know that it's going to sport a bespoke 8-core AMD um, chipset, which is based on the Ryzen architecture. Um, the Navi, or the Radeon Navi GPU um, for graphics processing and a solid-state hard drive for system storage. Um, 3D audio and backwards compatibility with PS4 and PS4V hardware with 8K TV support. Mm. Um, I still haven't branched out into the 4K TV, so <laughs> 8K is still out there. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess the hopes here is with the CPU and GPU combo that, you know, we'll get some ray tracing, some of the advanced lighting um, techniques, and you know, really just next level, you know, graphics processing. Um, the downside is... $1,000 price tag? <laughs> well, uh, not quite. Um, it looks like the base Fiat PS4, I've seen, you know, numbers 599, um, 600, 
you're starting to get in the territory to where I can build a really good, you know, desktop. Um, You know, some folks don't like that. They like the, quote, ease of use of a console. Um, I guess now most gaming computers you can plug a console controller into. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, you can kind of get the best of both worlds. Um, You know, I guess uh, unless you've got a gaming laptop, um, you know, portability may become an issue if you plan on trying to travel with your games. Um, But, I mean, even on my PS4, I've got removable storage on it. So it's like, oh, I want to go to the girlfriend's house. So I'll just take my external hard drive and that way i have my game library and everything that i need um so uh you know no official release date yet um potentially sometime in 2020 or 2021 uh you know I'm the type now. I've already learned. I am not going to buy it when it releases. <laughs> no, I'm going to many. wait on a couple of hardware revisions and you know other things to work out the mix. There's to me like regular PS4 games. I've not had a chance to play yet. I'm still behind. I haven't played uh, the new Red Dead or the uh, Spider-Man game. You know, I just started playing the Division. I'm really late into getting into it. I understand because the Division Two is already out, and that Star Wars game coming out looks badass. Yes. So. I've got I got some stuff to keep me on the PS4 for a while until well, the, technology the, let all the early adopters you know work out all the bugs. <laughs> well, the thing I'm looking forward to is uh, Borderlands Three. Talked about it a little bit previously, um, but uh, May first we got you know our first actual glimpse of the gameplay. And shout out to Gearbox, you know, because most of the time game companies will bring out the CEO. They'll bring out one or two developers. No, they brought out the whole team and, you know, for Borderlands. And, Hell you yeah. know, then, you know, let members of the team split off with the audience so each member of the audience could, you know, go through and play with the developers standing by their side saying, hey, these are the things that have changed. These are, you know, things that are going to be here and that type of thing. Um, so. I know there's a little bit of controversy surrounding, you know, potential loot boxes and that type of thing, whatever. I mean, you know, as long as folks continue to dole out money, people are going to continue to devise ways to take your money. Take your money. (laughs) So, you know, kind of goes hand in hand there. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, a big fan of Borderlands 2, you know. Obviously, you know, graphic improvements, the lines look sharper, which, you know, Borderlands being a funny animated style game, like, it almost looks too polished, <laughs> you know, so. Why is this not fuzzy? <laughs> yeah, um, but at the same time, like, it, you know, you still get glimpses of the quirky humor, the, you know, loot drops, the ability to customized guns and you know your characters and i mean it it brings you know all that a shooter a rpg and a looter should have in common and does those things quite well so um be sure to check out the trailers and everything else um and that's where i'll wrap us up after a little bit of star wars news so we have heard the official score for the new John Williams score for Star Wars Galaxy <laughs> Edge. <laughs> I mean, it's even got its own score, which is 
kind Dude, of hilarious. I, I mean, but if you're going to, when you have... look at the pictures and hear that that sound, you're just like, oh shit, this is Star Wars. Yes, I mean, you know, people want to, you know, step foot into the world of Star Wars. I am seeing it. I am hearing it. I'm ready for my storyline to be created and developed. Yeah, I mean, are people just gonna be walking around there with like their phones playing us like your personal soundtrack while you're because that would be badass like uh, like an app or something that plays different scores for different areas of the park that you can just listen to as you're wandering the uh <laughs> star wars galaxy yeah i i don't know like so. i want to walk into the cantina and hear that i want the moss isley's band playing anytime i go into a a cantina well we're in a world where there's rewrites there's redirects there's so many delays it looks like galaxy's edge and disneyland will be opening ahead of schedule on may 31st and galaxy's edge featured in disney world will be launching three months later on august 29th yeah i'm gonna have to plan a trip down there at some point that's gonna be my vacation for next year this year vacation is already spent, <laughs> but next year I'm going to have to like, yep, we're going to Florida. Dust off my, maybe I'll have my Jedi costume or my Mandalorian armor built by then. <laughs> it's only been three years in the making. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I got a lightsaber and a helmet. <laughs> uh, so with that, uh, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cigar Nerd Pod. If you need a smoking shirt, hit up RealMenSmokeCigars.com. In fact, they're, they, they've got a, uh, if you order a Star Wars shirt uh, for, you know, May the 4th weekend, you uh, they got some special stuff going on this week. Uh, also, uh, get you some Strikeforce Energy at StrikeForceEnergy.com. Promo code Cigar Nerds for 20% off your order. And remember, I am Iron Man. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.